Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. This is episode number 20. Hello everyone, it's so good to be back here again. What a perfect day to get to know your brain a little bit better. That amazing, wonderful mass, muscle mass, fatty mass, whatever it is, that's up there inside your cranium and has such a significant power. And I find that as we know it and as we understand it better, I believe that your life will be liberated in a way that you will be better able to choose, better able to make decisions and be responsive instead of reactive in your life. I'm so excited to kind of help to bolster your understanding and really what I would like to call a relationship to your brain. I, after meeting with, after so many years and meeting with so many people, I find that we as people are possessed by ideas and philosophies that are unconsciously defining who we are, how we think, how we feel, and how we do. Almost like gravity, these ideologies, they're constantly exerting their force upon our mind, upon our body, and upon our heart. These pervasive beliefs are your internal default settings. They're your code, kind of like an operating system, like on a phone or a computer. They are the filter through which you perceive and digest the reality that is incurring inside and outside of you. Your ideologies and philosophies run so deep, are so influential that they'll literally impact what you see and don't see what gets stored, and what gets discarded into the junk pile. Take, for example, and I see this all the time, right? A couple comes in, they're seeking therapy, their relationship has become strained, and maybe is beginning to collapse or or at a difficult point. They enter my office, they're armed with negative ideas and philosophies regarding their spouse. These ideas are so powerful, so consuming, that they become completely blind to any good or any positive efforts that the other is trying. But this isn't all. Not only do they begin to see the present from behind this veil of distrust and betrayal, but they begin to rewrite the very past. They'll say, Yuri, I'm not even sure I ever loved him or her. Or I had my suspicions then, or I should have seen the red flags, or I just rushed into it. And it also begins to bleed into the future as partners begin to predict and anticipate what to them seems to be a certain future, right? She's never going to change. He's only going to get worse. This is never going to get better. And as hopelessness begins to weaken them, these negative ideas become a magnet and a type of self-fulfilling prophecy. While positive efforts by the other partner are discarded, Mistakes are immediately confirmed and integrated as evidence that indeed the ideas about your spouse are right. And unless this process is stopped, the outcome will only be more misery, more pain, and the potential end to what may at one point have been a happy union. But more generally speaking, 
your senses are constantly bombarded by trillions of bytes of information. These are sights, sounds, smells, our behavior, others, and our own, right? Sensations, etc. But only a very small fraction of the information that's coming in becomes part of your conscious reality. Conscious reality meaning like what you see and what you're dealing with. Your philosophy, and this is key, your philosophies, your personal ideologies impact what gets seen, what's important and what isn't. Those things that support your internal paradigms and ideologies are digested and processed. Those that do not are like spam and they're sifted out. Think for a moment about the implications of what I have just said, that our own personal beliefs sift through the information that's coming in, and they usually keep the information that matches what we believe and get rid of the other stuff. Take the atheist, right? Who, when he looks at the world, he sees only further evidence that God does not exist. But likewise, think of the believer, right? He sees the same world replete with evidence that God does exist and that he is mindful of him. Or the young person who believes that no one likes them, only to find that truth reaffirmed as every negative experience is maximized and any positive attempt by others is minimized. In a way, we are all beholden to our ideologies, regardless of where they started. You are now impregnated, that's a great word, right? By many philosophies and ideologies, and these have given birth to a posterity of thought habits, feeling habits, and behaviors. What you have termed as, this is just me, like this is who I am, is really the byproduct of those philosophies working in concert or disarray, right, with your biology, emotions, intelligence, and soul. Now, this is like magical, critical information because it's almost important for you to see how, how in bondage, in a sense, you already are. And not because I'm picking at flaws, but because we are here. This is the day of your emancipation, of your liberation. Now, let's talk a little bit more about these internal philosophies, these ideas, right? I find that these internal philosophies always possess certain qualities, right? And these are important. Number one, they're highly resilient, meaning ideas that are formed in your very, in our infancy, are still exerting their spell-like qualities upon you and your relationship. Two, these internal philosophies are self-reinforcing. That means that these philosophies are part of your brain identity, and your brain will protect them in order to self-preserve. Thus, anything that approximates or seems to confirm any element of your truth, in quotes, is seen as a confirmation that, yes, I was right, while anything that doesn't match the paradigm is discarded. So whether you believe that you can or cannot, your brain will gather the evidence to confirm that you are right. 
you see what I'm saying? Like, this is just like the monster knowledge. And I think once we understand that there is a relationship here, meaning that we can interact with this thing, then we can become powerful and we can become, in a sense, kind of masters of our own destiny, of our own behavior. Number three, I find that these infernal internal philosophies, they direct our focus to those areas that adhere to our paradigm. Number four, our internal philosophies are very persuasive, though many times they don't even have a full logical foundation, but we're willing to die for these things. Number five, these internal philosophies are very jealous and they don't like to make room for competing ideas. Number six, they are the fuel. This is a key point here. They are the fuel behind your emotions. An internal philosophy that the world is unfair will naturally appear in the body as emotional frustration. An internal belief that people are not to be trusted will naturally synthesize in the body as emotional paranoia and distrust. Likewise, an internal ideology that whispers, I'm not enough or I'm worthless, will metastasize in the body as feelings of hopelessness and ultimately as depression. Number seven, I find that these philosophies, they are rigid and myopic in that they only see a small slice of the complete reality that surrounds us. Number eight, these philosophies, they generalize as one event gives birth to what will always be. One bad driver becomes a whole state of bad drivers. One angry Italian becomes a whole country of angry Italians. One bad man turns into a horde of bad men, and so it goes, meaning the brain generalizes. That's what it does. Number nine, most of these internal philosophies are born unconsciously as the brain is making sense of reality and looking to protect its host. So in a way... Some of these are meant to be protective, but in the end, they become not healthy, not useful. So once created, the brain strengthens that ideology and creates a protective network of other ideas and feelings that support it. For example, take the brain's response to trauma as an example of how this principle comes to life. The trauma occurs, the brain takes a snapshot of everything that occurred during that traumatic event, sights, sounds, smells, actions, etc. It creates an internal network of thoughts, beliefs, and powerful feelings associated with those stimuli, and then it presses play. And the moment that the brain recognizes something that resembles that trauma stimuli, whether it's a small sound, a smell, an event, a face, a time of the day, a time of the year, it sounds the alert. Alert means your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism throughout the body. That means thoughts, feelings, chemicals that react to ensure the survival of the body. And 10, finally and most importantly, your internal philosophies can change and often do. And with that change comes a whole brain and body transformation as your brain creates a new set of circuitry to support the new paradigm. Change is the norm and not the exception. Evolution and growth are what you are made to do. That is what you are born to do. The purpose 
of this podcast here is to awaken your senses and to give you the tools to identify your current ideologies so that you can then consciously impact the outdated and toxic unconscious patterns in your brain. As you begin and as you have, right, we are in week 20. Can you believe it? As you begin this exciting process of examination, you will find that these psycho-emotional programs are learned and or biologically picked by a young developing brain that is responding to the environment and the culture it finds itself in. In a way, and hear me on this, your young, immature, inexperienced brain picks the programs that will often run your whole adult life. Is that craziness? It, it, it is craziness, but that's what happens. But of course, the learning doesn't stop there, right? Life events, experiences, relationships, and even simple words will continue to spawn new ideas and continue the process of writing your own internal code. And these become like tattoos, deeply inked on our insides to the ignorant, or I guess the permafried, right? A lot of these philosophies will be chronic and they will remain unchanged. These individuals will often feel helpless and powerless in relation to their natures. But my friend, this is not your story. In essence, your body and brain are doing what you have told them to do. Take that statement in. Think about what I just told you. Your body and brain are doing what you have told them to do. You haven't realized that this is the nature of your relationship to the brain and the body, and thus you haven't used the brain as the amazing instrument that it is. The brain, in essence, has been using you. Your degree of freedom in this life can only increase as you recognize the pervasive ideas and internal programs that are unconsciously running the show. And at that point, you can begin to choose to continue, update, or completely discontinue your current philosophies. If you're hoping to create some change in your life, change that will last, then this is where we need to strike. In fact, once your philosophy about something begins to change, it is absolutely certain that a transformation will occur. Your body, brain, and mind will immediately begin to work to bring about that change. It will be natural. The timelines may vary, right? It may take a long time or a short time, but the revolution will occur. It's already occurring. Your body and brain and mind will make sure that it does. Anyways, I am so excited because this week I'm going to give you some tools that will help you to understand the source of your old philosophies and how the brain and mind functions together. Not only am I going to help you to discover those, but I'm going to teach you and give you some tools to help you to transform them, right? These powerful and paradigm-shifting ideas that you've been experiencing over the past 20 weeks are all about that, are all about you beginning and changing the relationship that you have to your brain. And as you begin to identify these old constricting beliefs and apply a more mindful and spiritful truth, you will indeed feel free. 
and you will see life more fully in, in a less restricted way. You'll think clearly, feel more accurately, and do better, and ultimately experience the joy and peace that you have been seeking. My friends, I am so happy that this is your week. Please don't miss an update. Don't miss a message. Don't miss any of the podcast because that's what this week is all about, is about you changing and creating a new and better relationship with that amazing organ that you have floating around up there in fluid. And by the time we're done, it's going to be a magnificent tool for you because you will understand it. And you will understand that your brain will do whatever you consistently and persistently ask it to do. Is that amazing? Think about that. You can teach your brain anything. It will do, it will learn anything you ask it to. Anything that you consistently ask it to learn, the brain will learn all the way from playing piano to shooting up with heroin. It doesn't matter what it is. The brain is amoral. Amoral meaning it's, it's not morally based. The brain will just do and learn what you ask it to learn. My friends, welcome to Getting to Know Your Brain Week. And I'll see you tomorrow.